Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay. How are you doing? Ugh, I've been better. Yeah. Yeah. For everyone out there wondering why we're coming at you with such a positive start to the show, your grandma passed? Yeah, she did. What did you call her? Like Nana? Mammy. Mammy. Yeah. I'm sorry. I really am. Swells. I know. It stinks. My mom and I are going to do like a little podcast about it this week to like, I don't know, talk about it a little more. But um, it was one of those things where like she's been like in and out of the hospital for certain things and like she's fallen a couple times recently. And so I think I think we all like didn't want to admit it, but we kind of knew like she wasn't doing the best, you know, but it also wasn't one of those things where we like expected it to happen so it was just it was like a weird combination of like it was very sudden but also you know she's not been doing the greatest for the past year so it was just hard and I was in Montana when I found out I had like two days left of my trip and I was like going back and forth like do I just leave like but the service isn't till Monday and where we stayed was like a three-hour drive from the airport and so it was just it was just so tough so I ended up staying one more day in Montana and then flew out to LA to be with my family. So was it your mom's mom or your dad's mom? My mom's mom. Oh, how's Tish doing? Not great. Um, and that was like the biggest thing. It's like, you know, like the rush to come out here was more for my mom's sake than anything. But thankfully like Miley's here all the time. And so Miley, uh, has been staying with her at her house and, um, Noah's just down the street. So, and then Trace and I both flew in and I think just like having us around is definitely helping. But, um, Yesterday was the service and it was just so hard. So yeah. do, how many grandparents do you have remaining? Just one. My mom's, my, my dad's mom okay. is the only one. Mamma Ruthie is what we call her. And she lives in Tennessee on the farm. And she's doing good? Yeah, she's doing great. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you bright side of the road this thing. And I feel horrible for you and your family. And I even was like, do you want me to do the podcast by myself? Like you don't, we really don't need to do this show. Nothing that I can say is going to make anything any better, but I really only knew two of my grandparents. My grandma, she passed away a couple of years ago. My grandpa that I knew, he passed away long ago. So, I mean, you're lucky because you, you had a lot more time with them than I think a lot mm-hmm. of people. And that's still a blessing, I guess. I don't know how to silver line. No, you're this, right. But. Kind of the thing I've just been telling myself all week is out of all of us, like I, I spent the most time with Mammy. My mom was so young when she had me. And so Mammy just had such a big part of raising both Trace and I specifically. Uh, and she's the one that like took me to all my horseback riding lessons and my piano lessons and my cheerleading and on school and like everything. And then even into my adult life. She moved out to California with my family. And then when I finally did make the move, I actually lived with her for like a year. And then um, I actually lived with her for another like six months semi-recently, like right before I moved back to Tennessee, I like moved in with her for a minute when I was trying to figure out what I was doing. And every time I come out here, I see her and um, I just feel like I really like looking back on it. I really did get to spend so much time with her. And I'm so thankful for that. It was just hard with the pandemic. No one's been able to see her since February. And so I think that's the hardest part is just the feeling like in the past six months, we didn't get to spend any time with her. And that's sad. But I'm trying not to like think too much about that and just think about the times I did get to spend with her and and just be thankful for that. It's crazy. Like she met Rye in August last year when he was over here. And so I'm just so glad she like got to meet Rye and she got to meet Astra in February. And I don't know, I just, I'm trying to like stay focused on the positive things that I can, can think about and remember. So, yeah, but I did want to do the show. Just I could use a little positivity. Wells. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> so, I got you. So I'm coming to the podcast this week for the same reason everybody does every week. Yeah. Jump on my back. I got this one. <laughs> so weird you know i've been to more funerals than you have and when someone passes away especially someone close to you it's always tough because selfishly you're sad because they're gone from your life you know but here's the thing death is a weird thing that everyone has to do and no one knows what the fuck happens and it's kind of like a fun adventure who knows you might be like riding unicorns and like rollerblading with brink i mean i don't know Totally. Also, do you like how the things that I thought would be heaven are (laughs) riding a unicorn and an old Disney rollerblading movie? It's a little strange, but I'm not going to question it. It's one of those things where you're just like, who knows what's going to happen? Obviously, life is so dope that like no one wants to die. Everyone's like holding on as long as possible because they don't know. But who knows? Maybe this one, this version of life sucks 
ass in comparison to the next thing. And that's kind of exciting. I don't know. Yeah, totally. I agree with you. You're right. Please give my condolences and my love to your family, especially Tish the Dish, because that's that's a tough thing. Yeah. Thanks, Wellesy. Okay, well, let's just jump on into the show. I think that's I think that's what we need to do. I do too. Me or you or Noah? Noah. Okay. These are a few of my favorite things. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, Should that be our theme song? Red drops and then and then pretty mountains. She doesn't know the words though. Snow bells and sleigh bells and whiskers on kittens. Brown paper packages tied up with string. Walls hates kittens. These are a few of my favorite things. Yes. Dun 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 dun. My favorite thing about that intro is that you, you say Wells hates kittens like I'm some <laughs> monster. <laughs> you do. No, I don't like cats. All right. <laughs> Kittens are fine. I'm also allergic to them. I remember, uh, God, her name was Megan. I can't remember her last name. Like, briefly dated this girl named Megan in college who was the most hot. And she had a cat, and I was deathly allergic to the cat. I literally was like, I think you're so hot and I want to date you, but we can't do this because of this cat. And that's why we broke up. That's insane. You should have persevered. My allergies could like withstand the barrage of dander for like the first couple hours. But then when we'd go to bed, we would, you know, hook up or whatever and then go to bed. And then in the middle of the night, I'd be like, I gotta go. And I would leave in the middle of the night to go back to my non-cat house so I could breathe again. And I'm sure that was just so horrible of a thing to do to somebody in the beginning of a relationship. But it's what happened. Wow. So I'm not proud of it, but. This is what mm. it is. Tish the Dish is also allergic to cats. See? I've watched a lot of stuff. I'm not surprised. I kind of want to hear Montana news. Yeah. I mean, you were taking some diamond status cont. Thanks. You were glamping again. Yes. You know, I love a good glamp. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> Probably some people. Well, I don't want to be friends with those people. So where were you? So I flew into Missoula. Uh-oh. My computer's doing a weird thing. It's popping up windows. Ooh. Okay, so we we flew into Missoula. You're watching too much porn. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, Uh-oh, so, it's doing it again. Uh-oh, a lot of Pornhub over there on Brandeis' computer. Do you have a porn computer? No. Do you? No. My you- computer is low on memory. <laughs> well, maybe that computer should be your porn computer. Oh, huh. Maybe, except I don't need a porn computer. I mean, I don't know. I think everyone should probably have a porn computer because you have your normal computers that like you don't go look at porn at. And then you have the porn computer that you're just like, you know what? This one's just going to be riddled with fucking a bunch of viruses and just so be it. Do you consider a virus that your computer gets from a porn site a sexually transmitted disease? Is that an STD? Yes. I know, right? It is. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Anyways, so you were telling me about Montana. Flew into Missoula, which is like in the middle of the western side of the state, I would say. And we drove like 30 minutes outside of Missoula and stayed at this like family ranch that's now like a like a it feels weird to call it a hotel because it's a ranch like they kept calling it the ranch but anyway it's basically a hotel but it's cool it's like an all-inclusive place it is like 1500 acres and it was like this family that owns it it was their like home and and it was like a working ranch for the longest time and now they've turned it into like a lodge which is so cool and they have like their own lake and they own part of the river that runs through and they have a like a fully working horse ranch so like horseback riding They have their own gun range. Like they had all these crazy activities. And then I'm sure in the winter there's even more different activities than just the summer stuff. But it was so fun. We stayed three nights. We did some horseback riding, obviously. And then we spent a day on the lake doing like stand-up paddleboard and kayaking and jet skis. And I actually had never tried stand-up paddleboard. It's very hard. But I did, and it was super fun. This is what I'll say about Montana: is like you get there, and it just feels like everything is slower. I love Montana; it's beautiful up there. I like how you're like everything seems slower. Also, the world is just at a standstill right now. So, is Montana going backwards in time? I don't know. Maybe because sitting on that ranch, like I really was like, it was just crazy. It almost just feels like the world's in like slow motion out there. It's it's so cool. Yeah. And, you know, they have like hardly any cases of coronavirus. So I feel like they're probably like one of the least affected places in the States. We didn't go into any stores or anything like that, obviously. So I don't know. Like, I'm I'm sure people are wearing masks when you get into the towns. But we just stayed at this retreat. And what was super cool is 
because of coronavirus, they only allowed like one booking at a time at mm-hmm. this place because normally it's only eight rooms. Like it's really small anyway. And so I guess they just didn't want people overlapping. So we had the entire place to ourselves. It was insane. Like it did not feel real. It was amazing. And then so we did that for three nights and then we rented a car and drove three hours north to Glacier National Park. And that's where I did the glamping. So I've stayed at Under Canvas a couple times. We stayed with Under Canvas and Glacier and um, originally had rented a RAV4, got upgraded to a Jeep Wrangler. Nice. And it was super cool. We only had like a day and a half in the park, but we made the freaking most of it. The first day we went into the park and did the hike at Avalanche Lake, which is super sick, highly recommend. And then we came back to Under Canvas and spent time there. And then the next morning, so it was me and Kirsten and my friend Rebecca, who's a photographer. Kirsten and I rented kayaks and we got up at eight in the morning to kayak from Lake McDonald, which is the Rainbow Rock Lake, which is so beautiful down the, um, like middle fork river. We were going to, we kayaked like a five, I think it was like a seven mile trip. And I had heard about this specific route from a friend because when you go to a national park or somewhere like this, it's so overwhelming to decide what to do because there's so many options. Like there are so many lakes here and so many rivers and so many places you can kayak and whitewater raft. And it was just so nice that I had, I had a friend that had been there and, and done something so I could do exactly what she did. And she was like, really straightforward. You'll have a great time, whatever. So we rent these kayaks. We drop them into the lake, take our photos or whatever, and then we set off. And we get about like 15, 20 minutes down the river, haven't seen a single soul, which is both so cool to think like, oh, we're alone, like it's not crowded, but also so scary to think if something goes wrong, like you're completely alone in the freaking wilderness, like into the wild style. So we get down a little ways and you know how rivers like they only go one way, like the current only goes one direction. Like there's no like getting lost on a river or no question of which direction you go because you have to go with the current, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what you think until you get to the Bermuda Triangle of the Middle Fork River. Kirsten and I, okay, so there's like baby rapids on this river, which is cool. It's like enough to make you feel badass, but like nothing too crazy. And the kayaks they give you are kind of like inflatable. So it's like a kayak raft combo. And so it's so fun. You like float down and then every so often you'll hit some rapids and you'll be like, and it'll like take you. So this rapid, I, I remember seeing on the map of the river that there was a spot, it almost like took a horseshoe, almost like a switchback in the river. And I could tell that's the part we were at. And the rapids kind of take you down into the corner and swoop us, we swooped us around the turn. And we get around the turn and Kirsten and I are both like, wait, this is a dead end. And I was like, yeah, where do we, where do we go through? There was like really tall grass on one side and then just like rocks on the other. And there had been a couple low spots in the river because of no rain. And so I was like, man, maybe this is just really low here. And we just got to walk across these rocks and, and just like go across, you know, to get to the other side of whatever. So we get out of our kayaks takes two of us to move one kayak and we're barefoot and the rocks are so sharp and we get out and we're taking our kayaks across the rocks and we get to the other side and the current is going back the direction we came from. Like we both stood there and we were like, wait a second, that's the way we just came from there. To both of us, it looked like that was not the right direction and that the right direction was the opposite of the current. Our friend Rebecca was going to pick us up at this like drop off point, the direction we thought we were going. There's no cell reception. We're stuck out here on rocks, no bear spray and not a single person in sight. I don't know what to do. We can't go back to like McDonald. Rebecca won't know to get us there. We don't have cell reception. Like, what are we going to do? And Kirsten was like, all right, maybe we have, maybe there's just like this one section of the river where the rapids change direction and we just got to get past it and they'll go the, they'll go the right way. And I was like, that makes no sense. And she was like, I know, but that's the direction we're supposed to go. And I was like, I know. So we tried to pull our kayaks through the, like going upstream wasn't happening. And then we were so scared we were going to get attacked by a bear because there's no one in sight. And I was like, okay, we got to just go with the current. Like, I know it doesn't make sense. And I know it seems like that's the wrong direction. And I know we just came from there, but we don't have another option. So we got in our kayaks and just floated with the current or whatever. And we got like five minutes down and, and we were like, okay, like, yeah, this looks different, but this makes no sense because we just came from here. We were in the Bermuda Triangle. It fucked with our sense of direction so hard. And I don't, I, we still both were like, I don't understand how that happened. Okay. Well, do you want me to explain it to you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So like not all rivers float directly down. Sometimes yeah. rivers float down and float then upstream. It, well, then they run into a hill. And then, so then the water is diverted around the hill. So then all of a sudden it's going the 
opposite way to go uh-huh. back around, back down. It's because Maybe that's what happened. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a switchback. Like, well, it was nuts. Kirsten and I are both really good at directions. We're both very outdoorsy. Like, we're not stupid. And we felt so dumb standing there. Like, nothing made sense to us. And it was so scary. So I feel like you were alone in the wilderness. But anyway. Well, I'm glad, we you, didn't di- I'm glad you didn't die. Me too. So if you guys go to Glacier National Park and you want to float, like, I highly recommend this. It was by far our favorite thing we did the whole trip. But if, so if you're going to float from Lake McDonald to the Blankenship Bridge, that was the route we did. It was awesome. And I would highly recommend it. But just beware of the freaking Bermuda Triangle of Glacier National Park because it is insane. For everyone out there, if you're kayaking or whitewater rafting or canoeing, just continue going the way the water is going because eventually it's going to go the way that you want it to go, which is the only way it can go, which is downhill. <laughs> did anything else happen in Montana that was uh, of note? Uh, and then after we did that, we every, everybody's top recommendation was driving the going to the sun road. Have you ever heard of that? No. So it's a road that goes from the west side of Glacier to the east side. And the part of it, like we couldn't go all the way because the east side was closed for some reason. Um, but it was awesome. Like it was so cool in our Jeep too. But it was basically you get to drive all the way to the very top of the highest point of that road is called Logan's Pass. So we did this drive. We stopped along the way and took photos. Like the views are incredible. If you have longer than we had, you can stop and hike along the way. But we just absolutely loved it. And then there's a hike at the very top that we did. It was the hike to Hidden Lake, which I would also highly recommend. And then we just came back down and spent the last night under canvas and then headed back. Very cool. But I'm happy for you. And that's really awesome. Thanks, Wells. For me, I haven't done anything. So I've been watching (laughs) a lot of TV. And boy, oh boy, do I have some suggestions for you motherfuckers out there let's hear it got a couple reality tv shows that i think a lot of people are out there gonna like yes huh and listen i'm i'm actually a little late on this but i'm gonna go ahead and say something that might be controversial but i think that this might be the greatest reality tv show ever made that is quite the statement it is considering i'm on a, a different one and i probably should be saying that that's the best one but No way, no how, no sir. Have you heard of Love on the Spectrum? No. Oh my God, Brandy. It's so amazing. It's a reality TV dating show Mm -hmm. where everyone on the show is on the autism spectrum and they all want to start dating and find love. It is so funny, so heartwarming, so entertaining. All the characters are different and fantastic like in their own way. You'll laugh, you'll cry, (laughs) you'll find out things about yourself you didn't know. It's amazing. And the thing about people that are on the autism spectrum that I really liked learning about was they're so honest with each other because they have a hard time like picking up on social cues and stuff. There is no bullshit with them. Like there is no pretense. We lie to each other a lot to like save people from feeling bad, you know? Mm-hmm. But if you're not worried about making someone feel bad or you know or like that's something that like it doesn't really compute with you, mm-hmm. you're always being so honest and when it comes to dating and matters of the heart, it's probably the way you should be because things can get drawn out for so much longer because you're so nervous about hurting someone's feelings and all these people on this show are just so blatantly honest that they're able to like move through relationships that they know aren't going to work for them. It's amazing. They all have things that there's a hard no for. Does that make sense? This one, like a non-negotiable? Yes. This one guy, Mark, who I love. He's got the best smile. He's so funny. He's so chill. He fucking loves dinosaurs. He's all about fucking dinosaurs and paleontology and every date he he takes people on is to the museum because he wants to tell everyone about fucking dinosaurs. And let me tell you, my boy Mark knows some shit about dinosaurs, all right? He's throwing knowledge out left and right. And all the girls that are on the date, they said they are like, he just knows so much about dinosaurs. You know, it's like a little intimidating. And so the producer's like, would you date someone that doesn't like dinosaurs? And he's like, nope, hard pass. <laughs> Absolutely not. And I was like, oh shit, Mark. Because you know what? I don't know if I have those feelings. You know, like I was, I turned to Sarah and I was like, do you have any like non-negotiables with dating? And she's like, no, you can kind of like tolerate anything. Yeah, I know that's so weird, but you should have some things of hard pass. Mm -hmm. Oh, you don't like golf? 
you're out of here, you know? We should be more like this. It's just, the show is so good. I'm telling okay. you, I think you would like it too because you like reality TV and it's like, oh, there's so many good characters. You're like, I just want you to find the person. I know. So anyways, yeah. I don't know. A lot of people have been talking about it. So I'm a little late on it. But like, if you haven't heard of this or seen it, go watch it. It's so good. Okay. So that was the best reality TV show that I've ever, I've ever seen in my entire life. Now Did you also watch the worst. Now let's, let's pivot to the worst. <laughs> Okay. I'm going to tell you what you tell me. This show is not called your least favorite thing. Well, no, but so I, but so here's the thing. Sarah loves it. I hate it, but I think, you know, it's like almost like a hate fucking, you know, (laughs) you're doing it like in spite. Have you heard of selling sunset? Yes. Okay. It's so bad. No. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. People rave about it. My fiance is obsessed with it. <laughs> the guy from the Hills created it, I think. And it's like the most Hillsy thing in the world. The premise is, is like these two short, really short brothers own a real estate agency in obviously Hollywood. Their entire stable of real estate agents and brokers are all just smoking hot chicks. That's all it is. It's the fucking hooters of real estate. And it is smart. I'm sure that the women that are working there are completely competent with their work. And like they're making, you see the the commissions, you're like, fuck, dude, I need some tit job. I need a platinum blonde this hair and I need to like lengthen my legs and I need to go make this crazy amount of commission because these chicks are selling like, you know, like $30 million houses and making just bank on it, right? Oh, yeah, totally. But it's also like the hills, like everyone fucking hates each other. And it's everyone's just a bitch to one another, which is actually quite interesting and funny. Here's my thing. Like, are guys just that stupid? Yes. I think what annoys me about this show is not that it's a bunch of hot chicks selling real estate. It's that it's an indictment on the stupidity of my gender. Like, we're yep. so fucking idiotic that we're just like yeah look at the titties on that yes i'll buy the house here's a million dollars you know it's like how stupid are you and like also (laughs) also like but like isn't the wife coming along and being like we are not using this real estate agency you know like this is absolutely not happening but guys are just so stupid and we'll just do anything because someone's pretty yeah pretty much so anyways but it's so good. It's so good, but it's so bad. Love on the Spectrum is a reality TV show that you watch and afterwards you feel better about yourself. And Selling Sunset uh-huh. is a show that you watch and you feel fucking horrible about yourself. <laughs> That's good. You need that balance. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do want to watch it. The other one that we started watching, it's bonkers. Okay, so it's called Three Wives, One Husband. Have you heard it? No, I haven't. Oh, my God. It's about this Mormon polygamist tribe in... Utah. Like, also, is polygamy legal in Utah? Like, how is that not getting arrested? I thought, like, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> I know, but it, it's not in Utah. That's crazy to me. I know. That's crazy to me that that's totally legal there. It's just weird because it's just these guys that are, like, uber-religious in the Mormon religion, but then they're like, but I'm gonna fuck bunch of chicks you know and like they have like they have like 17 kids and you're just like oh my god stop stop what you're doing right now the women are like you guys must think we're crazy and we're like yes we think you're crazy (laughs) this is crazy they get jealous of the other women which is a natural thing you know and you're like what did you think was going to happen lady it's like the bachelor Yes! It's like, you can't get upset. This is what you signed up for. Yeah, totally. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. The way they justify and like also like apologies to any of our Mormon listeners. But I, I'm sorry. This is just something that like I can't get on board with. The whole premise is the reason why polygamy is right is because it's more godlike. Because I guess God would have a lot of wives. I don't know. And so the closer you can get to becoming like God, the closer you are to being like in his love or something. I don't know. The way that they're describing it, you're just like, how is anyone buying what you're selling right now? Yeah, that makes no sense to me. Almost like, how are you affording this guy? Like, what are you, how are you able to afford 17 kids? Yeah, or like multiple wives. <laughs> yeah. Just in general. Anyways, but it is fascinating. Three wives, one husband. Whoa, Utah, get it okay. together. Or and what do you watch this on? I think it's on Netflix. I think all that's on Netflix. All right, I'll watch that. 
Have you ever watched Yellowstone? Did you ever watch it? It's my favorite show. I know, but I haven't watched it. I, I need Wells. to watch it. Is it like still going on or? I just watched the finale last night and I am shooketh. Is it better than Ozark? It's just so different. But I, for me, it's up there with Ozark. Like, I think it's com- completely the same status as Ozark. It's just yeah. so different. So I just watched the season finale last night of season three. And I've I, I've told people on social media, like, please don't ruin it for me because it came on, I think, like last week and I didn't get to watch it. I was like, please don't ruin it. I'm going to watch it. But everyone was like, your mind's going to be freaking blown. Like, they end it so crazy. And so I'm sitting there and I'm watching the episode last night. And I'm like 45 minutes in and I'm like, this episode's not that crazy. Like, how is this the season finale? And what are the, how are they going to end this? Because this is just like not that crazy of an episode. In the last 60 seconds, so much shit goes down. And I am so, it's like, it was like a Game of Thrones style ending where they just leave you so incredibly upset that they've left it this way and that you have to wait so long to figure out what's freaking gonna happen oh but it's so good all right i might start watching it might not you I have don't know. to i might i might not i don't know it's so good did you watch the last dance when it was on espn yes i'm now just watching it on netflix it's amazing michael jordan was amazing amazing you're a big basketball fan. Do you consider Michael Jordan to be the greatest player of all time? Honestly, I think I do. I mean, obviously, there's a young generation that's like LeBron James is so much better than Michael Jordan. Well, I mean, the game is just so different now, too, than the where where the way it was back then. So it's, I almost feel like it's just a, like you can't even compare the two. But yeah, that is the argument for sure. It's such a hard argument to have because LeBron James's stature, mm-hmm. his physical build is so much. It's unfair right off the bat. Whereas mm-hmm. Michael was like, I mean, yeah, he was he was like six six, but he was like thin and wiry, you know, built like Kobe Bryant. And I think that's why like a lot of people are like Michael and Kobe are the greatest because LeBron can move like those guys, but he's got fifty pounds on him. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but anyways, it's fa- it's phenomenal, and I just feel bad for Scottie Pippen because he's got fucked left and right. And he was so good. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> And also Dennis Rodman, I love, I love how he's such a player's player. Oh, yeah. Everyone he, he ever played with is like, he was the best. And then, you know, it's like the media who's like, he's crazy. All the players are like, uh, okay, whatever. He's fucking amazing at pulling rebounds down. So he can dye his hair whatever color he wants. As long as, long as he just rips rebounds down, just dominates the paint. I love that. And I like how he was just like sleeping with Madonna, <laughs> you know? <laughs> All right, Bran, listen, the the truth of the matter is this. The world and our lives are just full of anxiety and stress right now. You don't even have to be like a politician, which would be very stressful, or like an elite athlete. Every like normal, regular person is just trying to get through the day. And muscle pain and muscle tension is a real thing. And the one thing that I've found that helps with muscle tension and muscle pain, besides vodka... Is my Theragun. I love my Theragun so much. It really is something that now that I have, I truly could not live without. Yeah, it's a device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And it's now as quiet as a toothbrush. Listen, I don't know what it does, but I do know on the golf course around hole 12 my back starts to tighten up and then i pull out that travel theragun and then boom Mm -hmm. i'm ready to take my brother's money which is nice (laughs) i love using my theragun before i go to sleep i really do feel like it just like relaxes my muscles and helps me sleep better and what's so great is that this all new gen 4 theragun is the quietest theragun yet that they've made and so i can even use it while i'm watching television and it doesn't interrupt or anything and so i get my theragun session in right before bed it soothes aching muscles and i really think it like improves circulation it just it's so great i highly highly recommend so you got to try theragun risk free for 30 days there's no substitute for the theragun gen 4 with the oled screen personalized theragun app and the quiet and power you need Starting at only $199, go to theragun.com slash YFT right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash YFT, Theragun, T-H-E-R-A-G-U-N.com slash YFT. 
All right, Wells, I've been spending a lot of time with my mom the past couple of days and to, you know, help lighten the mood, we've been like poking fun at each other today. My mom and I were just talking about like all the things that I inherited from her and one of them is really thin hair. I think Miley and I today were both joking about our receding hairlines, which is like a joke, but not. I've noticed such a difference. I started taking Nutrafol hair vitamins a couple months ago. I'm being really good about it. I'm taking them every day. And I actually have noticed that my hair is feeling much thicker. My mom commented on it. She was like, your hair looks so good. How come your hair is not as thin as mine? And I was like, well, it was. (laughs) And then um, I started to do something about it. Our whole family is such big hair people. I think everyone knows my dad had hair down to his butt my entire childhood. And my mom's got a big weave of extensions in right now. Like we just love hair. So it's super important to keep my hair healthy and strong, especially since I use heat on it to style it sometimes. And I feel like when I sleep on my side, I like make my hair thinner. There's just so many things that just have negative effects on your hair. So you guys got to check this out. Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life. The growth of healthy hair takes time. It's not an overnight thing, but if you guys try this out, you will experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in about three to six months. Yeah, in a clinical study, 86% of women reported improving hair growth after six months, which is crazy. More than 1,500 top doctors recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high-quality solution for healthier hair. And you can grow your thicker, healthier hair now. Go to Nutrafol.com and use promo code YFT, and new customers will get 20% off This is their best offer available anywhere. Plus, you'll get free shipping on every single order. So get 20% off at Nutrafol.com. And that's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com. And the promo code is Y-F-T. Do it. Get your hair back. Okay, so we finished a show last night that I was obsessed with. I think that you would like it. You really have been cranking out the shows. I have. Have you heard of Dev's? No. It's Nick Offerman's most recent project. You remember Nick Offerman from Parks and Recreation. He's also married to Megan Mullally. He's absolutely hilarious. Now, he plays a straight man in this show. He's not funny at all, but he's an amazing, serious actor as well. A computer engineer investigates the secret development division in her company, which she believes is behind the disappearance of her boyfriend. So phenomenal. Nick Offerman plays Steve Jobs of this world. It's a tech company that is into supercomputing. That's like their thing. It's about this couple who works for this company, which is like Apple, basically. In the first episode, the boyfriend gets invited to this secret section of the tech campus where they're working on this thing called devs. Then things just get crazy. People start dying. We start talking about being able to see into the future being able to see into the past, the multiverse. Like it starts to go in like crazy sci-fi stuff and it's amazing. And when, like when you get to the end, my thing was, I was like, I want this not to be all tied up in a bow at the end because I want a season two, you know? Like I want another one of these. Devs, it's on FX, but we watched it on Hulu. So whatever, but it's- That sounds really good. Real good. Real good. Real good. Speaking of sci-fi, yeah, I'm loving Axiom's End. Oh yeah, can, can you see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loving. I'm like, ugh, like almost halfway through. Okay, yeah, it's, it's good. So good. It's. I mean, it's, so good. It, it's a fun read, and yeah, you you know, it, basically, we talked about this a couple of episodes ago, but basically, it's about a girl who gets to be friends with an alien. <laughs> yeah, it's so sick. Surely they're going to make this a movie or something. Got to. Got to. Got to. It sounds like such a great Netflix thing or something. I know. Like, I love the way they describe the alien. Like, it's it's weird because you can, like, you can picture it, but you also just can't. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. I love it so much. Good. I'm glad you like it. Thanks for sending it to me, Well, Yeah, dude. Okay. Favorite comedian of the day. Are you a Jim Gaffigan fan? Yeah. It's okay. You know, com- comedy is like, meh, but yeah. Who doesn't like to laugh? My mom and I, we were just talking about this. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, know that you, like that's not normal. I know. That's a little sociopathy. I blame Tish. Yeah. All right. Anyways. well, We were th- literally, we were making a pro and cons list. Of <laughs> laughter? <laughs> of laughter. 
no, no, about my dad and my boyfriend. And um, we were just all sitting around doing this. It was hilarious. It was like a therapy exercise. My mom was like, you know what, though? Your dad is hilarious and I don't even like funny. Like I just <laughs> funny is not my thing. But your dad, he is funny. <laughs> that was her pro. Wait, what was your pro for Ryan? <laughs> he had a bunch. I had a lot of pros. Okay. Is my he, is is he funny? No, but that's not my thing. I don't really care about that. In fact, typically, if a guy's trying to be funny, it's like a huge turnoff to me. I'm like, can you not? <laughs> Hence why our first date did not go well, Wells. Because I was fucking hilarious. Uh-huh. So you thought. <laughs> all right. Well, here's Jim Gaffigan, who I find very funny. My wife had the baby at home. We had all our babies at home just to make you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> People don't want to hear about home birth. They're like, oh, you had your baby at home. Yeah, we were going to do that, but we wanted our baby to live. <laughs> People always assume there was some laziness involved. <laughs> you, you didn't want to go to the hospital? It was far. <laughs> I didn't feel like putting on pants. <laughs> we had our baby at home, not in a field. <laughs> At home? Well, why wouldn't you have it in that germ-infested building where sick people congregate? <laughs> Didn't your wife want to give birth in a gown someone died in yesterday? <laughs> it's just the truth. <laughs> home birth is crazy, huh? It was all my wife's idea. I don't even like cooking at home, you know? And it's wild, you know? There was so much screaming at one point, I actually woke up. Oh, someone score a touchdown? Oh, you're having another baby? Can you keep it down? I'm trying to get a tight 12 hours in. Uh, I like Jim Gaffigan. That was funny. Okay. Well, I liked that. You want to do Hollywood buzz? Sure. Number one, The Nutty Professor is getting another remake, this time from the production company behind Scream 5. So this is oh the third iteration. Jerry Lewis made it in 1963. No one's ever heard of that guy, but that's okay. And then, of course, Eddie Murphy did it in 1996. Are we over it? I mean, I wasn't ever into it to begin with. I Were saw, you? I liked Eddie Murphy's one. That was uh, Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. I think so. Who's going to do it? Kevin Hart? I Be do like Kevin Hart. Speaking of Kevin Hart, he revealed that he had the coronavirus around the same time Tom Hanks did, but couldn't say anything because he's, quote, more famous than I am, end quote. <laughs> so you know what my family's been doing for entertainment? What? My mom decided, I guess after spending a full like two hours with us, that she wants to stop cussing and be classier. And then Miley was like, yeah, 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 me too. I want to be classier. Oh, no more, no more cussing. Miley and said so, this? Yeah, I know. And I was like, okay, well, like, if we're going to do this, we need, like, because we started, like, my, we started, like, catching each other doing it. And I was like, all right, if we're going to do this, we need, like, a cussing jar. Like, you know how people in the South do that or whatever? Yeah, of course. And you put, like, a quarter in. Let's do a cussing jar. And then every time somebody says a cuss word, you got to put money in. And I think that the amount of money we put in should be based on income. Yeah. Which Miley did not like. Yeah. <laughs> And so we asked that, but we are putting in a quarter per cuss word. A quarter? So yeah, a quarter. Like a quarter racking, of a million? They're racking up. They're <laughs> racking up. <laughs> so we have this piece of paper sitting in my mom's kitchen that just says cussings with columns for everyone. Trace, has he's by far racking up the most. Every time he tells a story, he racks up about 10 bucks. Mm. And Miley's not far behind. And then, you know, I actually, I was surprised at how many curse words I've thrown out. I've got a, a few racked up. Wow, because you never cuss it, on this podcast. I know, but when I get around my family, it just comes out. Yeah. My mother only has one. What'd she say? I think shit. That's normally her favorite cuss word. Yeah. Yeah. But it is so funny, like, that we are actually, like, if somebody says one, we're all like, oh, <gasps> it's insane. I think that's fucking hilarious. I wonder how long it's going to last. I was just, been, I've been sitting here thinking this whole podcast that if you were playing this game, I would have racked it. You would, I would have made at least 10 bucks off you. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> when I get worked up, uh -huh. I tend to say bad words. Yeah. So, well, that's what's going on with us. Every time some, one of us tell a story or get heated, they just start coming out like a freaking quarter slot machine, just spitting them out. I think that's funny, and I want, like, an update. Oh, yeah. I'll take a picture of the list today. It's pretty insane. Yeah, I need that. <laughs>
All right, Brandy. So it was, uh, I guess, a couple episodes back that we had Violet Benson from Too Tired to Be Crazy on the show. And so I went back and I've been listening to a bunch of older episodes of her show. And I just got to say, it is one of my favorite things. It's such a good show. It's so funny. And also just like seeing her point of view on things is amazing. Yes. She also has really cool guests on. She has had Demi Burnett on. I know that they're friends, our girl from Bachelor in Paradise, and also some of the cast of Too Hot to Handle. So always really funny episodes, really fun guests. And I just love that Violet just kind of says whatever's on her mind, you know, not much of a filter, just a really refreshing honesty. Listen, we're just trying to promote good shit. And go check out Violet's podcast. The search Too Tired to Be Crazy with Violet Benson on Podcast One or on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever the heck you get podcasts these days. You will not regret it. Seriously, you guys got to check it out. All right, YFTers. I mean, there's a lot of sleep hacks out there. We were actually talking about noise machines earlier, but there's also like no snacking at night, yoga before bed, meditation. I try to do that. Instead of trying them all, you can immediately transform your sleep with Bowl and Branch. We're talking about the best-selling sheets ever. Incredible on night one and only get softer with every single wash. Brandy and I love Bowl and Branch sheets. I truly do. I just got home from being gone for like two weeks and there's just nothing better than getting in my own bed with my cozy, cozy bedding. And for me, that is my Bull and Branch sheets. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton and are completely free from toxins. They feel so buttery soft, but they're so breathable at the same time. And they're perfect for the summer months ahead where it's a bit toasty out. Plus, they offer a 30-night worry-free guarantee so you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. That's right. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl & Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code FAVORITE at bowlandbranch.com. That's Bowl & Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H.com. Promo code FAVORITE THING. Do you have Musax? Let me see if I do have Musax. All I know is my sister played me some of her new music that's coming out soon. Yeah. It's fire. Is it fire? Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Which sister? Miley. Oh, cool. Don't say it like that. You've got multiple sisters that make music. Fire. That's what I'm saying. You know what's crazy? What? Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run came out 45 years ago yesterday. That's crazy. And you know what, guys? This, Still a banger? This, uh, this song will always bang. This was also one of my karaoke go-tos for a very long time. Really? Yeah, I mean, let's just... boss have you ever seen the boss live in concert no i haven't have oh you? my god yes and i will say this we were talking about this the other day the greatest shows that you've ever seen in your entire life and i know our demo skews younger if you have some time go listen to bruce springsteen one because bruce springsteen is like bob dylan they're like a couple guys that like wrote every song ever i didn't know bruce springsteen wrote that 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 you know, like all these big hits he just wrote and was like, I don't want it. Like, same with Bob Dylan. But Bruce Springsteen, and I don't even know how old he is. It's got to be in his 60s or whatever. He's old. Yeah. He gets up there. I went and saw him. He goes up and he plays for three and a half hours nonstop. And you're just like, Jesus, the boss. Just the best. That's crazy. That sounds like Paul McCartney when he plays. He plays for so long. Uh, yeah, he does. So funny you bring up people named Paul because Paul Simon's Graceland was released on this date back in 1986. Do you have a favorite Graceland tune? I don't know. I have to look and see. Something tells me you do. What's crazy is like, it's so funny to me how good this record was. Like all the songs that were on, like all the hits that were on it is just bonkers. Obviously, Graceland is the big hit, you know. Mm -hmm. But then like Diamonds in the Soles of Her Shoes was on this record. You Can Call Me Al was on this record. Under African Skies was on this record. Homeless was on this record. That's like that's like five radio hits just on one LP. Anyways. 
It's such a good one too. Such good drive music, uh, right? It's like when you get on when you get on a road trip. If this song doesn't get you fucking in it, when you're just rolling rolling down a window, arm out the window. I'm going to Graceland, Graceland, Memphis, Tennessee. Oh man, top down. Beef jerky. Right between your legs. Drinking a slush. Maybe going to town on some fucking sunflower seeds. Ew. I want to go on a road trip so bad. That's what I just did. Jealous of you. It was really fun. We traded the sunflower seeds for gummy bears, though. And we just drank water the whole time because we're healthy and tried to stay hydrated. Oh, nice. Maybe a rock star thrown in there. Some energy drink. Yeah. Do you have any Muzaks? Yeah. What do you got? Um, I know we've played a lot of Troy Savon lately because he came out with that new EP. Oh, I'm I mad love... at Troy Savon right now. Oh, why? What do you do? Because remember I told you the story about how I had him write a country song? Yeah. Well, one of his followers found that clip and they cut it to make it seem like I didn't realize that Troy Savon was gay. Because I was like, all right, so this is what we got to do. The first thing we got to do when you're writing a country song is you got to say something to a girl to get her attention. I wanted the line to be like, hey girl. And then like, then we have to talk about getting into like our car or truck. And then we have to go somewhere, preferably like a levee or a lake or something. And then we have to start drinking. You know, I was like going through like how you write like kind of like a basic bitch country song. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, well, here's the thing. I want to say, hey boy. And I was like, ooh, all right. It's already progressive, you know, like, and it was like, I of course knew he was gay. And then he freaking wrote like, oh my God, a live coming out or something. And then everyone thought that like, I didn't know he was gay. We're writing a country song together. It's not about his life or my life. We're just writing a country song. And so that everyone like came at me on Twitter saying that I was being unsensitive. So then of Recently? course- yeah, and it's, so someone cut it to make it look like I didn't do any research. And then he wrote, oh, my fucking God, a live coming out. And then I responded to that. I was like, rule number one of writing a country tune, never let the truth get in the way of a good song, which is the truth about writing really any music. It's never really about you. And then everyone was like, oh, it's not cool to be gay, hon. It's like, no, you fucking 12-year-old kid. That's not what I meant. You're stupid. So I'm mad at him. He didn't come to my defense, you know? Uh, uh, well, I'm a big fan, so I was going to have you play In a Dream. Fine. It reminds me a little bit of The War on Drugs, which is one of my favorite bands. Fine. Do it. It's a War on Drugs driving beat for sure. Wait, I don't mean that, no It's all just feeling real now So far away, but I still feel you everywhere I love him. Well, I do too, but I'm mad at him right now because that was a funny video and that song that we wrote slapped, yo. And then, whatever. You're insane. It's whatever. So, I'm bumming. We lost a really amazing songwriter this past week. I don't know if you ever were a fan of Justin Towns Earl. Oh, I know who he is. Passed away. Frank, he's only two years older than me. And it's just so weird because like, I used to interview him so much back in the day. For those of you who don't know, Justin Towns Earl was this kind of like real cool, like rockabilly folk artist in, in Nashville. He was always kind of like living under the shadow of his father, who's Steve Earl, who wrote like Copperhead Road that like people know. He was phenomenal in his own right, and he passed away, so I thought we'd play some Harlem River Blues, maybe? I'm no fool, mama, I know the devil's been tempted in my face, so do I go in uptown, see the Harlem River to drown, dirty water's gonna cover me over, I'm not gonna make a sound. Sad pouring out for Justin Towns Earl. If you like that kind of like old timey folk Americana stuff, look into his stuff. He's got some amazing records out. Uh, Kids in the Street was a great fucking album. Single Mothers, Absent Fathers was great. Oh, oh Midnight the Movies was good too. 
<laughs> oh no! God, he had such good stuff. Real quick. Midnight at the movies again. There's a girl named Martha who meets me here on Saturday night. Oh man, sucks. She never says too much. She just sits down beside me and puts her hand in mine. She's got a gentle way. Anyways, that's all I got. I like that one. Can you believe it's almost Christmas? Dude, I can't. I just don't want to. Oh, <laughs> the other thing that I'm excited about. Sarah announced yeah. that she's going to be making a new TV show called uh, Yours, Mine, Paul's with Ty Burrell's production company. And Ty played her dad on Modern Family. So that means, one, okay, first of all, this is going to come across as my second favorite person from Modern Family. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. I'm going to I'm I'm say it. Ty Burrell. He's the fucking coolest dude I've ever met in my entire life. Hands down. Okay. So mm-hmm. all this means is that I get to hang out with Ty Burrell more. And that makes me so happy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I read the script. It's really, really good. And so um, at least someone's going to make some money at some point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lucky you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's exciting. Congrats to Sarah. I know. Congrats. Well, please tell your family that I'm thinking of them and I'm sending good vibes and positiveness their way. Thanks, Wells. I'll tell everybody. Ho- hopefully I wasn't too much of a downer this week, guys. No. It's weird because death is is like the biggest part of life, you know? I know. It's crazy. And everyone has to deal with it, you know? And I'm sure there's thousands of people listening to this podcast, hundreds of thousands of people because everyone listens to this podcast that are probably dealing, you know, with loss as well, so. Yeah, and everyone's just been so great, like, DMing and sending messages to not just me, but, like, my whole family, um, and we just appreciate it so much, so I felt like I owed it to you guys to come on this week, and just so you guys could kind of hear what's going on, and it actually, like, lifted my mood to get to do this podcast, so I'm thankful. Nice. All right, well, I love you. Love you, Wells. I can't believe I'm down the street from you and can't see you. I know, but you've been around a lot of people, and I don't know. No, I, I get it. I told my mom I would feel so terrible yeah. if somehow I got serious. I mean, I would never be able to live with myself, so. Yeah. You'd be in a lot I, of trouble. I can come by and wave at you guys from the street through the window if you really Yeah, want. If, you, if you want to come over for like a uh, quarantine hang in the front yard, come on. Okay, love it. God, I love this song, too. This song, the lyrics in the song are so kind of fucked up. Hey, that's me and I want you on me. Don't turn me home again I just can't face myself alone again Don't run back inside, darling You know just what I'm here for Sing along with us, everybody So you're scared And you're thinking that maybe we ain't that young anymore Show a little faith, there's magic in the night You ain't a beauty, but hey, you're a beauty but hey you're all right <laughs> oh my god it's insane <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by podcast nation